Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Well, good morning. Wasn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at this full house we have today. You know, I, I forgot to do something. I get a little excited. These cards right here, for the, for the, if you like first, second, third time, or maybe it's your 20th time, we just don't know your name because we're slow learners. Um, put your name on here and put your prayer request on it and drop it on the box in the back. Um, that's a great place. Um, we would love, as a group of leadership and elders, to be praying for you throughout the week. It would, it would be our highest honor to get to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, put it in the back, in the box. That's also where we put our tithes and offerings. We don't pass a plate here. So just on your way out, if you've got a tithe or an offering, just drop it in that wooden box in the back. And um, also give us a way that we can get to know you. Nobody will show up at your house. Um, but I don't think, but, uh, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. But, um, but the big thing is that we can then get to know you and to learn your name and to put a face and a name together. Amen. So with that, you can find out everything you, and it's great to take notes too. So let's just get started with the Easter message and, um, I might get excited. So I'm clearing a runway here. And um, Resurrection Sunday is a day to get excited. I get excited about Easter. And as I was just preparing my mind and my heart, I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out there just a little bit. It's not in my notes. But this message is um, prepared a little bit different than the other 15 or 20 Easter messages I've gotten to preach. I don't know how long I've been getting to do this. I think it's around 14 or 15 years. But I know this. God put a, a twist on me this week. And... Um, we're going to still preach that the tomb is empty. Amen. If you grew up in the South, you know the tomb's empty. If you don't know, I'm going to let you know right now. We're going to go through that, and I'm going to hit that, because that is so important. It is the, the pinnacle of our faith that Jesus is resurrected. So we're going to go through that, but also I want you to be ready to say, that don't sound like an Easter message. It is. It is. So Resurrection Sunday. It's not that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and I, it is how he went to the cross. And secondly, it's why he went to the cross. You know, growing up in the South, I'm 53 years old, and I've been to a lot of Easter messages, and I'm sure some of you have as well. We hear the same Easter message, and then, like, wow, I'm going to go, and I'm going to hear that Easter message. That is worth celebrating. That is wonderful. But I believe that we're missing something in what God is wanting to teach us when we understand why he went to the cross. And when we understand how he went to the cross. Because you can do something and do it with the wrong motives or do it with the wrong agenda and do it with the wrong heart and you're not really being effective. But So it's very, very important today that we focus in on the scriptures on how Jesus went to the cross that led up to the resurrection. Before we review this, I want to pray. Let's ask the Spirit to have His way with us today. Y'all want to do, is anybody in here bold enough to pray with me? Say, God, have all of me today. Amen. You pray as I'm praying if you want to, but let's just, Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, come down on us today. 
Have your way with me. Have your way with this body. Have your way in this city. Have your way in this nation. Have your way in this world. Lord God, we surrender. We bow down to you. Father God, you are the great I am, and we give it to you today that we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, bind my tongue that if I try to say anything that is not in line with you, that you would shut my mouth. But Father God, Lord, what you want me to speak, let me speak it with boldness. Let me speak it with conviction, sprinkled with your love. We give it all over to you today, God. Let your word pierce our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to... We're going to get started here, and if it, so Jesus went to the cross for you, and you are the why, and I am the why. We need to review the why. Let's start with the why. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to read through this, and then we're going to go to some scriptures here, and I'll be jumping around a little bit in the Gospels. Um, here's the why. If you want to tell some of your friends and neighbors of people that don't understand, they've heard the name of Jesus their entire life, but they don't clearly understand the why, I'm going to give it to you. You can record this. You can jot down the notes. You can call me, and I'll email you this sermon. So, the why. We were separated from our Father in heaven because of sin. And a blood sacrifice that had been, we had been tainted by sin and there's a blood sacrifice that had to be given for us. In the Old Testament, there was sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice because none of them were perfect. It wasn't an atoning sin that would last forever. So Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He came to earth to be the perfect sacrifice. See, Jesus was born of a virgin mother, and that is Mary. He led a sinless life all the way to the cross and to the tomb. One sin would have disqualified him and he would not have been the perfect sacrifice. That alone is just hard for me to wrap my mind around because Jesus was fully God, but he was also, you got to remember this, Jesus was fully man. That means that there were things that come at him that, that could try to cause him anxiety. There were things that would come at him that would try to cause him fear. There were things that would come at him that would try to cause him worldly anger. He was fully man, but also he was fully God. And if at one time that he com commits one sin, he's not the perfect sacrifice. He lived a life without sin. He started his ministry in the last three to four years of his life. And in this ministry, he taught principles. Listen to this. He taught principles of faith, love, forgiveness, and grace. Faith, love, forgiveness, and grace. Jesus, if, you, if you've ever just got to read a little bit of the Gospels of when Jesus started his ministry, of when he turned the water into wine, and when he told his mom, he's like, it's not yet time for me to do this. And he ended up starting his ministry. For the next years, he walked with a group of people, and he taught them how to love, and he taught them how to serve, and he taught them how to share, and he taught them how to forgive, and he taught them how to be second, and how to humble themselves. Jesus was a teacher. Here's another thing. All of that ministry of the three to four years led up to a crucifixion and he was placed on a cross, not by any man, but by the love that he had for you and I. There is no man on this earth that can put our God on a cross. 
It was the love that he had for each of us that let him climb up on that cross, that let him take every one of those lead tips, whips, and beatings, that let the crown of thorns come down over his head. Every bit of that was the love that he had for you. And that is a great, great love. But he was crucified and he died on that cross. He gave up his life. And out of that, his body was placed on a tomb. We just sang a song about it. But hallelujah, three days later, what happened? He rose again. Death could not keep him down. He took upon all the sin that I'd ever done, that I'll ever will do. He took on all your sin, past, present, and future. He took on the sin of the people from thousands of years ago to the people from thousands of years going forward. And he said, I'm going to take all of that sin, I'm going to put it on my shoulders, and I'm going to defeat it by my blood, the perfect sacrifice. He died on a cross. His body was placed in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again. And after he rose, he walked the earth for about 40 days gathering a group of people, showing them the wounds, teaching them the way, and empowering them to go and tell others. Then he ascended into the heaven where he sits right now at the right hand of the Father, speaking to the Father on your behalf. On my behalf. That's happening right now. And since Jesus wasn't going to be with us in the flesh, he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what? If you have confessed that Jesus is your Lord and you have repented and you have turned from the world and you put your eyes on the Father and you said, Jesus, I need you. I am wretched. I am a sinner. Come into my life. Then you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And I believe and I teach that if you have truly been sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in you. There is nothing that can rip you out of the hand of the Father. You are sealed and you are stamped and you are royalty. And no matter what the world tells you, no how many times you fall down, you continue to get up, put your eyes on God, and you will have life for eternity with the Father in heaven. That's what I preach because that's what I believe the Bible says. And lastly, he will return one day to take us, the church, home. And then there will be no more tears. There will be no more, am I good enough? There will be no more doubts. There will be no more anger. There will be no more racial divisions. There will be no more, um, I'm better than you're worse. There will be none of that. There will be a light that shines that will stamp out all darkness. There will be no more need for lamps or anything because the light of the most holy God will shine down. And Jesus is going to come back and get his church. And everybody that has lived for him and knows him will be swept up and taken away out of this wretched place. So, that's, that's Easter. The tomb is empty. See, but Jesus Christ never missed an opportunity to teach. He was a question asker. He answered very few questions, but boy, he asked a lot of questions. He was a question asker. Jesus was a teacher. So what do we do while we are waiting on his return? This is, the, I believe, 
The last days on, on, on earth for Jesus was the lessons that he taught us. That last week, there were so many lessons that if we don't rush through the gospel, we don't rush through that week, that we could learn so much on how to live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And today, I want us to talk a little bit about that. So Jesus Christ had some characteristics, and we're going to go through, and we're going to point out through the scriptures on that last week was, that was going on, some of Jesus Christ's characteristics. Y'all okay with that? Okay, amen, good. So we've already touched this. He was without sin, but I want to give you in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So Jesus was without sin. Now look, what I, would, what I want to encourage you with, church, it's... It, it's not cool for us to say, well, I'm glad Jesus came, so now I can just go out and live life like a sinner. We are to be waging war against the flesh of our bodies. There is a fleshly body. Even if you've asked Christ into your heart and you believe this and you understand the spirit lives in you, there is a war that is going to wage within you from the flesh to the spirit. And that war will wage for the rest until Jesus comes back. But it does not give you the right to sit down and say, man, this battle's just too tough. I'm just going to live in this sin. No, we are to also live a life that we turn from sin daily. And amen, I'm just going to tell you, all I have to turn from it daily. You hang out with me a little bit enough, you're like, you need Jesus. I said, amen, I do. Hmm. Here's another characteristic. Jesus showed humility. Everybody say humility. Isn't that a cool name? Humility. Jesus showed humility in the presence of others. Why do you say that? So they brought, in Matthew 21, 7, they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. You know, last week we were talking a little bit about that on Palm Sunday. Well, the Israelites said, oh, we got a king. We got a king. They're going to save us from everybody. We're going to be the most powerful nation in the world. Jesus goes and gets a donkey's colt and says, I'll ride that in. <laughs> See, Jesus knew how to be humble. He didn't have to be up front. He didn't have to look like he was above everybody else. Jesus said, no, I want to be the least. I want to, I want to be the lowest. I want to serve. He knew how to show humility in the presence of others. Here's a big one for me. If everybody's listening, say amen. 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 Jesus served his enemies. Listen to this piece of scripture in John 13, 2, then 4 and 5. It said, it was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon, Escariot, to betray Jesus. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Why do I read that? Because around that table was Judas. Scripture doesn't say he washed everybody's feet at the table but Judas's because Judas is fixing to turn him in, have him beaten and have him hung on a cross. No, when he got to Judas's feet, he washed Judas's feet as well as he washed John's, uh, Peter's feet, as well as he washed everybody else's feet. He says, here is a man who he already knew he had betrayed him. And he said, give me that big crusty foot because I love you. 
And y'all know y'all be thinking that too. So, okay, it's all right. But he got to Judas, and we're going to tell Judas got big crusty feet because he betrayed Jesus. So Jesus will give us some grace on that one. But I'm telling you, he washed his feet too. We get enemies in this world just by the way we vote. And we will separate ourselves from them. And we won't push and put ourselves in their place. Man, we have the, the haves, the haves not. We have the dark skin and the light skin. We have the ones who, who think this way and think that. Jesus said, I didn't ask you to figure all that out. I asked you to love your enemies. Love your enemies. The people he was loving were fixing to beat him with a lead tip whip. To it knocked all the flesh off his body. And hang him on a cross. Don't y'all love babies? Thank you, Jesus, for that baby. Don't you ever get discouraged we got a baby crying in church. We need a hundred more of them. Don't get religious on me. Just scoot up to the front. Sit right here on the stage. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. Let this building get full of children. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that baby. That baby was dedicated in this church. We love her. But he served his enemy. Jesus, here's another characteristic. Jesus had courage when he was alone. I don't know about y'all growing up, man. I was really courageous when I had somebody with me. Especially if I'd done been out where I shouldn't be. And you always, I walk with the big people. I'm an influencer. I always thought, you're going to be my friend. I be talking that smack. And all around, this guy done got bored with me talking smack. And left, I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. But Jesus had courage when he was alone. See, we as Christians, sometimes we want to be walking in packs. We want, we want to witness at Walmart to the other Christians. Can you, come on, be honest with me. You be at Walmart, you can tell who's a believer and who's not. You got that lady over there smacking the pee out of her youngin', but you won't tell her that you love her. But you got somebody over there and they dance around, got a big smile on their face. They got all their stuff looks really good. They eating gluten-free and they got a bunch of fruits and vegetables. Oh, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? But that person over there with the Big Mac beating the hell out of the youngins. I said it again. I done said hell in church. Man, I'm telling you right now, we don't want to talk to that person. We get scared. See, Jesus had courage when he was alone. Let me go ahead and prove it to you with some scripture. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of your sinners. So what was happening there is Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus was praying. He was praying to the point to where it said that his sweat was like blood. He wasn't bleeding out blood because of his sweat. He was sweating like it was blood dropping from him. He was, in, oh, he was in torment. He said, oh, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. I'm fixing to have to face some bad stuff. And he had asked a few of his posse, his disciples, to say, come, stay right here. Y'all pray, I'm going to go over here and pray. And every time he would go back to them, they'd be asleep. Why are y'all sleeping? He'd go back over and pray, he'd come back. Why are y'all sleeping? He had been left alone. It was the beginnings of him having to go out and do something that nobody else was willing to do. But listen to this. Luke twenty-two thirty-four. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you ever knew me. 
See, that happened out of a conversation where Peter was saying, Jesus, you ain't got to worry about me leaving you. I got your back. I'm going to take some people out. They ain't going to take you. And he's like, man, you ain't even going to be standing around. You ain't, you're going to cuss me. You'll deny you ever knew me. Isn't it funny how Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves? Praise God for grace because I'll be telling God what I'm going to do sometimes, and when it gets down to it, I'm like, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> Next characteristic of Jesus Jesus refused to use his power for his goodwill, but instead the goodwill of others. In John 18, 4 and 6, it says, Jesus fully realized that all that was going on to happen to him, that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked, Jesus the Nazarene, they replied, I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. So that's taking place in the garden. This is after the prayer. There's a, there's a posse of, of bad people coming to get Jesus because all of Jesus' posse, all except for Peter at the moment. And they're kind of like, oh, Lord, there's a big group of people coming. And, and, and Jesus says, oh, here they come to come and get me. And they walk up on him, and he's like, who are you looking for? And see, Judas was going to go up and kiss the one who they were supposed to look for. You can find that in another gospel. And he goes up and kisses him, and he says, I am he. And when he said, I am, every one of the people that come to get him hit the ground. Let that sink in for a second. Your creator, if you're a believer in Christ, your father, with his word said, I am he, and it put every person on the ground. That's your God. That's your God. So don't you think your God can't get you through some tough times? He said, I am he, and they hit the ground. Hmm. See, Jesus knew that he had the power to get out of what he was doing. But he lovingly just said, come on, take me where we got to go get this done. It's about my father's will and not mine. Another thing is he took the punishment he did not earn nor deserve. He took the punishment that you and I deserve. He took on that. It says in Romans 3.25, it says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. That's good news for us. Because Jesus took my punishment, my sin, he took the things that I deserved and he said, I will take it for Paul. He showed grace and forgiveness in extreme situations. It's fixing to get good, so go ahead and wiggle your tails a little bit and get some blood in your feet because we're fixing to go down the home stretch. He showed grace and forgiveness in extreme situations. I can show grace and forgiveness in a lot of situations. But don't you betray me. Don't you try to do things that's against me because if I ain't careful, I find myself becoming a bully. I find myself trying to get my way and I'm not showing grace as much when I'm not getting my way. But Jesus showed grace and forgiveness in extreme situations and we've never faced the extreme situation you're fixing to hear about. So Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for, for his clothes by throwing dice. Let me tell you what was going on when he prayed, said that. 
See, Jesus was hanging from a cross when he said that. He had nails stuck through his hands. He had nails stuck through his feet. He had a, a thorn, this thorns all around his head and blood was running down through his face. They had disrobed him and these Roman soldiers was casting dice for his garments. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What about that? <laughs> On the right side of him, there's a, a person who deserved to be on the cross in, in that time because they were a murderer or, or did something that deserved death. On the other side, there's a person that was, was crooked as can be. There was sin to the right of him. There was sin to the left of him. And there was sin down below him. And grace was right in the middle. Grace was right in the middle of all of it. And, and, and the one on the left said, hey, can I come with you? Will, you? will you forgive me? I know I deserve death, but you don't deserve it because the other one's saying he can't get his own self down. And the one's saying, but hey, forgive me. He said, you'll be with me in paradise today. See, that's what's happening with us today. There's sin all around us. Throwing dice at the feet of Jesus. Sin to the right, sin to the left, and grace is right in the center. And in your life right now, Jesus Christ is right in the center of him if you want him to be. And he will forgive you no matter what you've done. There is nothing that you've ever done that is too bad for him to say, come on over. Come on over. And see, and he rose from the dead. Luke 24, 5 through 7, it says, The woman, Mary Magdalene, Mary Mother, James, and Joanna, so the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. So, so basically what's happened there is that these ladies were going down with the oils and the, the anointing stuff, and they were going to the tomb, and they got down there, and all of a sudden they found out that the stone had been rolled away, and hallelujah, that the tomb was empty. Yeah, that's a good time to clap. That's a good time to clap. Because Jesus had rose again. He no longer was dead. He had risen up out of his death. And because he lived, so can you. And I love the fact that ladies led this. Those men were back at home playing Xbox. Or thinking about going fishing, which that is true scripture. <laughs> they were stringing up their net. And hallelujah, when those ladies run into those angels, they got scared and they took off running back to that house and they had to go tell somebody that he was gone. They wasn't sure what was happening. They just knew that he was no longer in that tomb. Praise the Lord. It's not... <laughs> Just that Jesus was resurrected from the grave, it's also why. See, because Jesus overcame death, so can we. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can live any kind of way you want to. Because you're dead anyway. You will not have an encounter with Jesus Christ and your life be the same. 
all these things he taught us in that last week. But we want to overlook all these things because we want to get right to the empty tomb. Oh, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. Woo-hoo. It's deeper than that. There's people walking these streets that do not know the truth. They've heard his name, but, and they don't know it. They've never been disciples. They've never been taught. And praise God that I have a past. And praise God that I love my past. Praise God that I love the people of my past. Those people that hurt me in my past were no worse than me. We were all just wretched saying the name of Jesus and living in a way that wasn't worthy of God. See, it's not that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. It's also why. Because Jesus overcame death, so can we. I'm going to say that again. If you're sitting in here today and you're so lonely and you feel so empty and you feel like you don't have a way out, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one's going to go to the Father except through him. Jesus is the way. Now, I'm going to tell you, when, if he comes to you and you surrender to him, your life is going to get extremely difficult and hard. I am not going to sit up here and try to candy coat this thing. You're going to have decisions that you have to make that you never had to make. You're going to have sin that you're dealing with that you want to get rid of, but you can't. You're going to feel messed up. But the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you will pick you up and dust you off as many times as you will let him. That's the God that we serve. Why do I say that? See, it's not just that we have salvation but how we live out this salvation. And this is I'll close with. In Luke 9, 23, 25, I say it all the time. I want to read it so it'll be clearly put. It says, then he said to the crowd, this was Jesus, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? Jesus was basically telling them what he was fixing to go do. He said that if you want to be my follower, follower, you're going to carry your cross. You're going to go to be crucified too because the old man, the old woman has to die in order for the new one to be born. And that's what we signify when we do baptisms. That the salvation is taking place, the heart has been changed, and then we're dead to the old life, we're raised again to the new life so that we live for Jesus. Do we get it all correct and right? Absolutely not. We screw up, we mess up, but we keep on walking towards Jesus. And we are a family and we hold on to each other. And it's like, man, Paul, you speak too much, you say too many things. I know, I messed up, will you pray for me? Oh, you get angry really quick. I know, I'm praying over it. And everybody out here, if you're honest, has got something that you struggle with. And, and Satan's done convinced you that you can't talk about your struggle because you'll be judged by the world. Jesus loved you enough to get on a cross for you. He don't care what you've done. He loves you. See, church, not only are we to be rejoicing that we are saved from death by the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we're to honor him in how we die to ourselves each day. And here's something that came to me. I added in my notes today. During the prayer in the quiet time this morning, I was sitting there on my knees, and that crazy little dog 
was in my ear as I was praying on my knees on the couch. Gracie was hitting me in the side of the head and nibbling at my ear. And I was like, dear Jesus, calm this crazy thing down and just let me hear from you. And she's bouncing back and forth on my head. And, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, God. See, God created Gracie. I've got to be able to hear God through the confusion and the distraction of the world. So I stayed on my knees. The dog going to do what the dog going to do. If I'm going to let it, this is going to run all over my head. And she ends up laying down beside my head. And then I hear a thought come through me. And, and, and y'all might can take this. You can take it as you want. But this is what God told me to say. And God said, when will I be enough? That's what God spoke to me this morning. I don't know if that talks to you or not. But the Spirit of God spoke to me on my knees this morning. He said, when will I be enough? You don't have to chase this. You don't have to chase that. You don't have to make yourself comfortable here. You don't have to fight over all these illnesses and sicknesses and things that are going to come over our bodies and going to try to attack us. God said, I am enough. Jesus came Everything he took, he took authority over all of it. Stop focusing on the struggle and put your eye on the one who gave you victory over the struggle. When will I be enough? See, out in this world that we live in, there are people that have never experienced an encounter with the resurrected king. And here's the good news. He chose you to deliver that message. And how you love people, and how you serve people, and how you share with people, and how you send people. And that's the gospel. And that's why Jesus went to the cross, and the grave is empty, and Jesus is alive. But he didn't want us to stop there. He wanted us to live a life that was different. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your, your word. We thank you for your heart. Thank you, Lord God, for the ones that um, are in our lives, the ones that's going to help us grow in a stronger dependence upon you, and some that's going to hold us up and help us grow in a, more of a knowledge of you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for the church. I thank you, Father, for every person in this room. May they experience your love today. May they today make a decision to let you into their hearts and into their life. Lord, this, this altar is, is freed and open if someone wants to come down. Lord God, because you have made a way, Jesus, to the Father. Father God, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move over hearts today. That you would just speak to each of us and let us know how you want to grow inside of us and, and love us. It's in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray this. Amen.